Sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, so now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh my god. The moral is you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Because I'm about to put on a show. Welcome to Good Pop, Bad Pop, putting the onions on last on your bunnies. Sausage sizzle. Controversial, eh? Oh, yeah. Fucking eh. Right. So, today we are having an Australian special of pop culture content brought to you by M&T, Good Pop, Bad Pop, that is us. Um, first of all, I would like to say worry me to our... Uh, listeners this morning that is um, a Darug word for hello so you've now learned a new word in an Aboriginal language. We do acknowledge that we record on the land of the Darug people who are the traditional custodians of the land in which we record on and we show um, great respect for elders past, present and future. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in to this Australian episode. T, what do we have to chat about today? We don't do politics. Politics? I'll do politics. Let's do politics. That's a whole other podcast. We can't do that. We always say we're going to avoid it, but we always talk about it a little bit. But let's not delve right into it, because we're just here to consume some good old pop culture like the consumers we are. Here's my rankings of... Nah. No. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're going to, in our true-to-form, um, video games, TV, and movies, mm-hmm. but with an Australia, Australian-only content. Yep. This is easier for some compared to others. True. And I've done a little bit of research on the current state, or lack thereof, of of the um, video game industry in Australia. Fantastic. Shall we get into that in a moment? Yes. But first, do you want to do TV first? What are we doing? No, I don't want to do TV first. I just want to put a spot in to put our music in so then we can have a traditional segment. Okay. Here comes the jingle. All right. T, what have you got for Australian video games? Is that long enough? Yeah. All right. Um, so here's the deal. Australia... I'm not going to edit that out later. You're all just going to have to deal with it because can't be bothered. Carry on. Video games in Australia suck for a lot of reasons, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of problems. Great. Every time Australia, the country, is related to a video game story, it's because the next title has been banned. Australia has <laughs> very strict rating rules, and this happened like, Several times a year, it'd be a game I would be excited about, whatever it was. This isn't a happy story at all. I was like, great, T is going to give us some good old no, but I'm Australian just, video this, games instead. This... You're like, you know what sucks? Copyright! Yeah, but it's, Censorship. A, it's a real problem. And it is. Australia doesn't, you know, support the video game industry. I've got some stuff, mm. and it's sad because it's all defunct companies. Yeah, well, um, yeah, off but... to a super happy start, just like Australia Day. Sorry, I said we are going to get political. Go on. But um, the one I was most, uh, I remembered was uh, Saints Row 3, maybe Saints Row 4. I was very yeah. excited about that game coming out and it got refused classification. Damn. And I'm like, ugh, why? What, what year was this in? Uh, I think it was three, so maybe five, six years ago. Okay, yeah. And I read the brief and the one they got picked up on was the dildo gun. Right. There's a dildo gun you sort of hit people with and blast 
you know, sex toys at and mm-hmm. that got it canned in Australia. And I was like, oh, all the, you know, you'll let a Call of Duty and copious amounts of murder happen, but yeah. for God's sake, someone hits someone with a rubber wiener. Oh. That's a very American thing to really do, isn't it? Yeah. That's a, um, yeah. The other big one is drug use. Now, where this would cause problems mm-hmm. was, uh, I think Fallout was a famous one. Um because the uh, one of the original Fallout animations, when you took, like, health, yeah. it was an injectable. Mm. And they showed the injection animation, and they weren't big on that. Mm. Um, and fair enough. But this is sort of spread out to other games where mm. it'll be something like, all right, you pick up something for health, and they'll be like, oh, pick up some pills for health, if it was, like, a semi-realistic game. Yeah. And Australia always clamps down on that. You can't have anything be referred to as anything so the health pack can't be morphine has to Mm. be you know drug x that was what they came up with fallout so right anyway what's um, happened as recently in uh we happy few that barely got into australia for the same reason because i thought it was pro drug use i'm like have you seen the trailer yeah it's not i I mean mean, they're kind of saying drugs are bad (laughs) i think that's well covered ground that we've talked about in an earlier episode but um yeah it's it's something that's still going on for sure now, so there's a systemic problem Australia-wide with the attitude to games. So mm-hmm. I've had a dig around the history and looked at some semi-success stories. Okay. And even they do have a, you know, asterisk. Um, one of the big ones was Team Bondi. Now, mm-hmm. they were a gaming studio. They announced a game they were working on in 2012, and yeah. they got funding under the Rockstar umbrella. Okay. Um, Rockstar, you should know, are famous for Grand Theft Autos mm-hmm. and a bunch of other games. So they then spent seven years making L.A. Noir. Do you remember L.A. Noir? Yes. Yes. Um, it was significant at the time because it was very big on mocap. Lots of um, hundreds of actors with little dots on their face. And it was the most amazing like facial animations at the time. All right. Um, and L.A. Noir was you were an investigative, you were a cop, and you were investigating serial killer or something, and you had to interview people. And the whole premise was, oh, using this mocap, that you were interviewing someone, and you can see their facial expressions, and you had to be like, ooh, they're lying, based on their facial expressions. And it was kind of like a interview simulator. It sounds mm-hmm. terrible, it was actually a cop game, but, you know, mm. that, was the, that was the hook. And you could see those threads in modern games, like, you can say this is a very early incarnation of something that would lead to Detroit with right. lots of facial animations and conversation navigation and stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, the last two years between Team Bondi and Rockstar were a little rocky. Uh, there was a bunch of problems with the um, work environment at Team Bondi. Rockstar tried to get it fixed to get the game out and they resented each other. And once that game came out, the relationship ended. Mm. Um because of the rumours of the terrible work conditions, Team Bondi couldn't get another alliance to work on their next game, and it was canned, and Team Bondi is no more. I see. So, that was disappointing. Mm. Um, the one slightly more successful is 2K Australia. Yes, cool. I was hoping you were going to talk about this, because otherwise I was going to. <laughs> yeah, so 2K has had a bit more success. Um, 2K... Is 2K owned by... I don't know. But either way. Uh, so they had big parts in the Bioshock trilogy. Yep. Um, XCOM. Yep. And the most obvious one, Borderlands pre-sequel. Yes. Now, if you play Borderlands pre-sequel, it's set on a, a moon 
where everyone is Australian. Um, and like, still not sure if I'm offended by that or not. <laughs> Are we the moon? <laughs> Does it the was, world um, see us as the moon? Because it was funny because everyone in that game was Australian and they had the whole range of just mildly Australian mm. to um, full ochre weirdos. You could tell the voices that weren't actually Australian because they sounded more Australian than anything else. They were super yeah. bogan. Yeah, it was like dialed up to 11. <laughs> so um, they've got quite a few of big AAA titles that have been relatively successful under their belt. Um, I don't know if 2K Australia exists currently, but they did have a good run. Um, Honourable mention to Crash Bandicoot. Mm. Naughty Dog has nothing to do with Australia, but Crash Bandicoot is set on islands southeast of Australia. Oh, really? And if I, I had a quick glance at a map, and that could be referring to Tasmania. Now, they don't really have... They're not known for their bandicoots, the more Tasmanian tigers, but... Well, maybe that's sort of what he was meant to look like, but everyone yeah. was like, no one knows what the hell a Tasmanian tiger is, so we'll make it a bandicoot. Because bandicoots are so hot stuff. What? <laughs> uh, so... The, so there's a few good games that were worked on by Australian teams, but it's a very... There's not much, and it's very mm. disappointing. And I think I saw a story that last year video games made more money than movies for the first time. Oh, right. Because people are leaving the cinemas and playing video games, and probably because of microtransactions. Mm. But um, there's money to be made, and I'm sure... If the government wanted to throw some money at a gaming studio to get it started, I feel that would be very profitable. But mm. what do I know? Um, but yeah, that's it for video games. Not much happening. The last good one was pre-sequel. A bunch of indies, but, you know, indies, there. Mm. some are good, some are not. Well, that was all very depressing. I thought you were going to come and hit me with a bunch of really great Australian games being like, this was amazing, play this. If you want to support Australian gaming, you should do this. But see, just gave me a lot of really sad stuff to go on. Yeah, it's, kind of it's bummed awful. Out. It's like, you know, if, what if you wanted to get into games, like making them in Australia? You either make indie or you leave. I do know a couple of game developers who are, well, one's employed by a gaming studio, but only one. <laughs> uh, I should ask him, see what he's up to. Um, but just going back for a minute, let's have a chat about um, Borderlands pre-sequel. Uh, now, one of my favorite, and I can't remember for for me who actually said this because I was reading it at the time. One of the favorite things that I read about this game is that it's a love letter to Borderlands. And I was like, yes, that is a perfect way to explain it because it's kind of in between uh, games one and two, sort of. Um, and it's not really, like, it didn't feel like a full game. And so that also sort of ties into that whole, you know, love letter 2, or it's a 2.5, or well, a 1.5, I should say. It was very fan fiction-y, in yeah. terms of the origins of the baddie, because people love that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, but um, but you know what? I don't mind a bit of pandering. Sometimes I think it's got its place. In this case, pandering good. Uh, in the case of Harry Potter, a cursed child, pandering bad. <laughs> so, you know, these things have its place. But I really liked that game. I know that you got a bit shitty with it, because there's a lot of things that were really drawn out and... The last time we tried uh, to do a replay of it and you gave up. You yeah, like it, was, it, it wasn't. Borderlands 2 is such a tight experience. You go, mm. it's open, but it's linear. Yeah. You know, the, you're in open areas, but there's an order to it. Pre-sequel was too, you gotta go here, you gotta go here. It was really annoying to get around. There was lots of... You had to loop back a lot. Yeah, and you kept, there's lots of places to fall down. It wasn't 
you couldn't just get places and i don't know i cracked the shit yeah um but there was a gun that called me a a c-bomb every time i reloaded it so oh that, god that i nice. love that if you, if you guys haven't played pre-sequel at least in the words of our um lovely shining star molly meldrum do yourself a favor and get on the youtubes and look up the bergenella gun is that what it was called bergenella <laughs> the, the yeah bergenella. um it's fantastic and probably the best part of the whole thing yeah um, so at least look that up. Uh, that's my my favorite gaming tidbit for Australian gaming. Uh, do you have any more to say about pre sequel? No, no, no. That's well. probably the last good one we played. I quite liked XCOM, um, and the Bioshock trilogy is a masterpiece. That Rit- is true. Not Australian written, but a, uh, the Australian team worked on that. Mm. Um, I haven't heard much of what's happening with Bioshock. So they had one and two, and then they did Infinite, and then it's sort of. Infinite was great, but also a real mindfuck in terms of story. Well, whatever. So I, everyone might be a bit exhausted on it. I don't know what they're making now. Uh, well, I think last I heard they were maybe making Bioshock, just the first one, into a movie. But I don't know if oh. that fell through. I mean, it's been on and off for ages. So who knows? Um, Wasn't that The Great Gatsby? No. <laughs> yeah, Great Gatsby. That was Bioshock the movie. <laughs> But Almost. like the prequel before the apocalyptic event of whatever happened. Before we took 1920s under the sea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Went under the sea. Everyone got addicted to like drugs. Felt This feels a bit real life. But um, What a time to be alive. Yeah. Um, the only other game that I wanted to chat about um, is an upcoming indie game, which I've talked about before, which is set for early release this year. And I was hoping that it would have been out so I could have a bit of a go of it to, um, you know, chat about on air but uh and that's the the melbourne indie game um uh right what it's called necrobarista Necrobarista. Necro yeah which is the like narrative game about um coffee shops in melbourne and zombies <laughs> all right um it looked like i've mentioned it a couple of episodes ago because um, i had it at pax to play uh, yeah, so that's just a, a Melbourne indie that I'm looking forward to. I do like my indie games. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Might be good, might be shit. Don't know. Um, but that's just an Australian that's... thing we've got. <laughs> <laughs> we review all indie games. Might be good, might be shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Indie game reviews as told by M. So I think that wraps up our uh, yeah, it's gaming. Australian gaming. Sorry I don't have good news for you. but <laughs> Yeah. Let's um... jump to... Sorry, I'm, I'm, I was very jaded when M suggested this topic of doing Australian stuff. Like, I want to like Australian things, but just... I, I went through the lists of movies and TV shows, and I struggled. Yeah, There's well, classics that are Australian classics, but they're not good. <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about, like, new TV, and then we'll talk about new movies, and then we'll have a bit of... Uh, we'll end on some nice nostalgia just to make people feel a bit of good about Australian pop culture <laughs> i'm bringing the nostalgia yeah yeah cool all right we'll i come grew in... up on british tv we can do a british episode uh, how about it was blackadder sorry moving on yeah anyway <laughs> tv after the break no 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 welcome back <laughs> we are going to talk tv Currently annoyed at T because he keeps making more and more editing work for me. So if there are mistakes, please blame him. Uh, no. Australian TV! 
Australian TV. Now, um, Australian TV is pretty crap. <laughs> See? I knew you'd come around. <laughs> Straight off the bat, in general, I mean, it's been a long time. Not, not a long time, but it, it's always uh, it's a long time between drinks when it comes to good Australian TV, whether it be comedy or drama. Um, there just isn't much going right, which sucks because we've got a lot of great actors in this country who are all terribly underpaid and underworked. And I've been trying to think if it's better to be an Australian actor in Australia or an Australian actor in America, because there's obviously a lot more work in America, but a shit ton more actors. Whereas here, I mean, you're really only competing against like 20 other people for a job, but then then no one's going to see it if you get it. So Yeah, there's a reason we see Kenny in every freaking Australian movie now and Hugo Weaving. Like Kenny and Hugo Weaving, what's Kenny's real name? Um, it is Shane Jacobson. Yeah, those two are, have been in every Australian movie I've watched. Well, those two are in two of the three <laughs> movies that I'm reviewing today. Um, so, and I was, yeah, I was going to talk about, a bit more about that later. Um, but Australian TV is not always bad news. I mean, we've got some good stuff to go on. So I want to chat a bit about um, two of my favorite TV shows in the last six years. Um, only the, the the two good ones I have seen. <laughs> That's what I mean. You had to go back six years to find a second show. <laughs> well, the other problem is that we're having such a big, um, we have got a big problem with reality TV in Australia, and that no one wants to sink money into making good dramas or good comedies. So mm-hmm. they just buy a bunch of like American reality TV shows, or we make you know reality TV shows here, which we will refuse to watch and or review. So that's another big problem. How would you review that? Like, what do you feel about, I don't know, what have people watched this week? Married at First Sight. Yeah, that's back on TV, apparently. Is it? According to my Facebook Well, there we go. We can review that. We can do recaps. Never. I'll never watch, well, especially that one, for political reasons. (laughs) So I definitely will not be doing that. Um... But yeah, so that's a big problem that we have in in, uh, in this country. And while America has the same thing, they also have a lot more bigger networks with more money. So while they're pushing out a lot of shitty reality TV, they're still pushing out a lot of um, you know comedies and dramas and and whatnot. So just having a look at my list, mm. the best TV I've liked recently that's Australian is No Activity. Yes, and that's on... the same one I want to talk about as well. Yeah, on Stan. Now No Activity is, is that a... a Stan exclusive. I think was it so. The, Stan? the Australian it one was. was. Yeah. yeah. So it's a kind of an improv-y comedian setup one where they're usually cops or people working around a police station mm. and they're on stakeouts or waiting in the station and there's just two people, sometimes three, in the car waiting for something to happen, but there's no activity. Or they're waiting at the station to call stuff in and Or it's drug dealers waiting for a pickup. Yeah. And they just get some solid Australian comedians, none of them particularly famous, and just um, they just riff. And Sam Simmons was in it. Come on, that's true. Great. That's true. Um, and that's that's the whole show. It's um, the show about it's like Seinfeld, the show about nothing, but with actual nothing, and not just lying about <laughs> it like Seinfeld. Uh, yeah. So not, it's... not comparing it to Seinfeld. No, no, it's nothing like that at all, except. That it's allegedly about nothing. So it's um, written and directed by Trent O'Donnell and stars Patrick Brammel. Uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. 
as Detective Handy and Darren Gilshannon as Detective Stokes in the Australian version. Um, now this show, because they had such a good run here, America loved it. And they've also adapted it for an American audience, which still has uh, Patrick Brammel as Detective Hendy. But for Detective Stokes, they've got in uh, one of my favorites, Tim Meadows, um, mm. who I adore. He's uh, just such a treasure. I would watch him in anything and do. So, um, and they've also, and that's in America, it's made by and produced by Funny or Die. It also has Will Ferrell in it. So, um, yeah, Will Ferrell doing TV. Yeah, so that's. That's how you know when you're like, oh, this must be something. We haven't finished the American version. Is it still running, the American version? Yeah, so okay. we started. It's This is a whole other episode we can do on American remakes. Like, the, what makes... A short show. Yeah. <laughs> no, was, there's been tons. I know there's been tons, but, like, none of them are good. That's what I mean. Yeah. But people go, oh, that's really funny. And, like, well, it's deadpan Australian funny. It's not funny, funny. <laughs> and then America goes, no, nah, it's funny enough. We'll make it work. And so they they have a crack at Thank God You're Here or um, mm. Kath and Kim. Or... Well, Kath and Kim was a weird decision that to was a... American, make how American. Do you... you know what? I do want to see the American one because I, I, I've got to know how they did that. With Selma Blair. It doesn't answer my question. <laughs> I mean, I, like... I wish I had answers. Like, oh, let's get Americans to play Australian Bogans. I'm like, well... That's what I mean. Like, I, I need to see what that's like. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I know it's terrible, but I, I just have to see. Anyway, but yeah, we should do a whole other <laughs> segment on that. But, um, so you got Will Ferrell in it, and Will Ferrell's big. Like, he's big in comedy. As mm. in, his, his he's comedy style yeah. is big, which doesn't suit the Australian thing at all. He's funny in it, but it's not what the essence of the show is. No, he doesn't really get to be him in it a whole lot. <laughs> like, imagine Will Ferrell in Seinfeld. Stop throwing <laughs> Seinfeld around. You're just confusing people. But it wouldn't work. But yeah, so we're persevering with that. Yeah, so um, so if, if I had to pick one of the two, the Australian one's definitely the yeah, better, way better one. Way better. Even though I do love Tim Meadows, and he himself is great, but just the shot, the show as a whole in the US adaptation doesn't quite work because it does have such, you know, that really iconic, weird Australian, New Zealand humour um, that people only really get if you're here. And other times people are just like, that's weird. I don't get why that's funny. It can be done. The New Zealand's doing quite well recently with some of their stuff translating over. Um, like Ragnarok. That was yeah, yeah. all New Zealand comedy and that went over a treat. Well, yeah, it did but, to me. It did yes, in Australia. Yes, but that was like a mix of comedy styles, whereas No Activity is very Australian-New Zealand humour. Yeah. Um, and therefore it doesn't translate as well. And it's hard to sort of bring across a half-improv show like that because it's it's always going to be different. Um, but regardless, No Activity, very good, uh, easily the best Australian uh, comedy or just Australian TV show um, in the last couple of years. So that came out in 2015. And you can find that on Stan. So and they released a holiday special, which they I haven't did. watched yet. I need to get back and watch that. I think that... Did that come out this Yeah, Christmas? they made it just for this Christmas. Sweet. All right. Well, we'll definitely check that out and um, yeah, might review it a bit later. So definitely have a look at No Activity. Um, now, another TV show that's a strand that I want to talk about is... Um, first of all, off the bat, I just want to talk about how great Sean McAuliffe is and how if he's in something, you should just watch it. Yeah. That's pretty much consensus. I think we can all agree. I mean, he he's... Of the current... There's only like 20 Australian TV shows. He does four of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He does? Yeah. Oh. Over the last few years. Oh, so he has Mad as Hell, which is his um, quick-talking talk show thing. I'm not so big on that, because I think that's a whole different kind of show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so... He's multi-talented. Well, oh, yeah, he's a man of many skills, uh, including improv. Um, and there was the one a couple of years ago with um, Mr. and Mrs. Murder. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that was my other favourite of the last six years, and that <laughs> was out in 2013. Sadly, only got one season, because he went back to ABC to do Matters Hell or the XPM or something. Um, but that was in 2013, so it's 13 episodes, uh, one season, and it's about uh, like a husband and wife duo who are a, a murder cleanup crew, basically. And because of that, they sort of become like amateur detectives, and it was just hilarious. It was a really funny show. It was so um, weird. And so he started alongside Cat Stewart for that, so... I don't know how or where you can watch that one, but if you can find it, give it a go. I think yeah, it, it, it was, was on, on channel tra- 10. Yeah. <laughs> Once. <laughs> yeah. So I have no idea how or where you can find it, but if you do manage to get a hold of it, um, definitely give that a go because that was hilarious. And you watched a bit of the XPM, didn't you? His other show? Yeah. So he has a show called the XPM. Now, I was trying to describe what time of the show is. So he's a former prime minister mm-hmm. and is now in retirement, pottering around, working on his, you know, they. You see, when you see a former world leader, and they're, they're doing, writing a book or they're some doing shit. books, yeah. they're doing shop openings. Anyway, they're living that life. Now, this is the Australian version of like Michael Scott, sort of like The Office. So, in terms right. of they're very unaware of their surroundings, but very me, me, me. I'm mm. the center of attention, and potentially not very good at their job, and just kind of oblivious to their surroundings, and they yeah. sort of wander around, being like, ah, oh, yes. Because um, he's being interviewed, so it's not the it's not the doco format of the office, but someone's trying to interview him, and so he's monologuing all the time and talking about stuff, and mm. sort of like the Australian style of that, but it's yeah. a former prime minister. Oh yeah, and um, who else is in that? Oh, it's a couple of familiar faces, but no one I would ne- ever know the names of in a hundred years. Also, sums up Australian TV. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he potters around and just, it's, if you like McAuliffe, you'll like this show. If not, probably not. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it is what it is, but, um, I've seen maybe half to a whole season of that. That was pretty good. Hmm. And that's also on Stan. So Stan actually has a great whole Australian made section. So if you want to look up Australian TV shows or movies, just scroll through to hit that and just find something that you like. It's pretty Solid. Stan's really coming for Netflix's crown. Like, Stan might be the one soon. Ooh, well, I don't know about that. Um, But I will say that Stan-exclusive shows that are Australian are better than Netflix Australian shows. That's a lot of caveats. So what's an Australian Netflix show? So the first one that's come out uh, not too long ago, only maybe a month or two ago, was Tidelands, uh, which was, um, I think it was described as uh, as like Ocean Girl for grown-ups. Is that what that show was? <laughs> Ocean Girl, that show that was on like Channel 9 in the afternoon that was really dumb. Like, Ocean Girl, was, wasn't that like a mermaid person? Yeah. 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 Is that what Tidelands is about? Uh, I actually have no idea. I haven't seen Tidelands, <laughs> but that's sort of what I've heard it described. So you, you, you've just seen the title of the show and you've just made it up in your head. No, I read it somewhere. <laughs> someone wrote that. Um, someone put that in a review. 
Um, and I've heard that it's it's pretty bad. And I haven't seen it yet. I was hoping to squeeze out an episode or two before um, before we did this show, but I just didn't have time. Uh. <laughs> Side segment. Send us your show or movie where you made a conscious decision of what it was about, purely based on the title, and then was very rudely surprised when you watched it. <laughs> yeah, that could be interesting. <laughs> Do tell. Tidelands. It's about mermaids. Yes, but uh, but the point is, is that while I haven't seen it, um, it has not been received well. I've heard it's pretty terrible. Orange is the New Black was like a sequel to The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, maybe. It's about fashion. Incidentally, it's also the 12-year anniversary of The Devil Wears Prada. I wish I didn't know that, but the internet told me today. Unpopular opinion. Did not like that movie. I don't think I was the target demo. I'm not going to weigh in on it. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that another day because that's not Australian cinema. So back to our Australian business. Um, what are we talking about? So the only good things are no activity and anything of Sean McAuliffe, but only if you like Sean McAuliffe. Yeah. That that's, is... that's Australian TV right now. Yeah, pretty much. Also, dear government, if you're listening, please put more money into things like SBS and the ABC because they're the only ones pushing out any really good shows at the moment so maybe that let's get some more funding for that happening so we can actually give our damn actors some jobs maybe that six million you put aside for the endeavor to go on a lap of us anyway yeah yeah just if we're going to talk about smart use of money yeah well not in this government sadly by the time we weren't going to talk about politics oh yeah we're not <laughs> I, I could talk about politics uh so that is our uh, TV <laughs> section. If you have incidentally seen any good non-reality TV-based Australian TV You're shows in the last five years, please tell us about it. Yeah, Let us know. We, tweet we us. Find it. Tweet us at goodpop underscore badpop. Where's the good TV? Find us some good Australian comedy or dramas that aren't the ones we just mentioned. Don't say my kitchen rules. <laughs> yep, you will be disqualified and banned from listening. Coming up next, uh, we will review... We actually have some movies. We do have some <laughs> movies to talk about. Um, so we're going to chat about some uh, moderately recent new Australian movies coming up next. Welcome back. You are now in the cinema section. Where we promise not to talk about the castle. I'm just going to screw out my first five movies. You were going to talk about the castle? <laughs> no, I wasn't going to talk about so the castle. So cliche. No, no. We'll How say... about the dish? No, we're going to talk about all those in our following nostalgia segment after this. Hey, we're... hey, hey. Baz Luhrmann. You're a Baz Luhrmann. You wish you were Baz Luhrmann. Anyway, so um, I have three Australian films to review from 2015, 2017, and 2018. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so... Um, Look, I think it's pretty clear that we are not major consumers of Australian pop culture, it is safe to say. I would like to change that, though, because I think... We produce it. We produce it, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to see more of it. It's just that we have just a history of it very rarely being any good. Um, so, first of all, let's talk about the movie that we both saw this week, The Dressmaker from 2015. You saw that one, right? Is from 2015? 2015. And we thought that was a new movie. Yeah, which it's, I think speaks a lot about how much we don't know about Australian cinema. Like we don't even know what's going on in our own backyard. Like, it's pretty bad. It's been like nine Marvel movies since then. It's been four Star Wars movies since then. No, well, yeah, but 
What are you going to do? Anyway, so we watched The Dressmaker, um, which is a revenge comedy drama film written and directed by Jocelyn Morehouse, and it's based on the book by Rosalie Hamm, set in the 1950s in sort of rural, maybe remote, real remote Victoria in Australia. Now it stars Kate Winslet, uh, followed by Judy Davis, Hugo Weaving, and Liam Hemsworth. My favourite Hemsworth, personally, in terms of attractiveness. Um, And it was an interesting movie. So Kate Winslet actually won Best Lead Actress, and the movie itself won... Um, Best Lead Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Costume Design and People's Choice Award uh, in the Actor Awards. So um, won a whole bunch of stuff. I think it got nominated for like 12 or 13 all up. And that's what sort of got me interested in this movie. I was like, all right, well, this has been nominated for a lot of stuff. It's got to be pretty good, right? So I don't even know how to really explain this movie. So it's pretty much about a girl from a country town who, um, you know, goes away as a young thing and comes back for revenge on her town that did her wrong, basically. Which, says. strike one, if that town was so bad to her, and it was a small town and it wasn't like she had to go there, why bother? Closure. Uh, it seemed like it wasn't worth it. It just caused no, more problems. No. Well, one of the favourite things that, I, again, I can't remember who said it, so apologies for not crediting the person who said this, is that it was like... Um, a Clint Eastwood movie, but with a sewing machine in terms of like revenge movies, and I really liked that description. I was like, yeah, I can, I can get that. If you label it as like a revenge movie, though, there's some cool revenge stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the things that I heard a lot about this movie and also agreed with is that it was a bit of a tonal mess. And it like until halfway through the movie, I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't think this has tone issues. I think. It's just Australian in that it's that weird kind of quirky humor kind of thing until the middle of the movie when something kind of um, tragic happens. And then from there, the rest of the movie was just a mess. And I was like, all right, what movie are we being now? Like, are you a comedy? Are you a drama? Are you a revenge story? What's what's happening with this? So it tried. I feel it tried to be like five different movies. And if it picked any one of those genres, it would have been great. But it tried to be all of them at once, and therefore failed. You know what's nice to see in an Australian movie? Mm. Kenny and Hugo Weaving. Yeah. (laughs) And you will see them a lot. (laughs) Actually, Hugo Weaving was great, because he was just playing his character from Priscilla, but, like, retired. (laughs) Like, older, and still, like... And closeted. (laughs) Yeah, closeted and trying to wear ladies' frocks. That was pretty great. I did enjoy that, and he was very fabulous. I will say one thing, though, uh, about this movie, is that... uh, 100% 100% all in with the costuming. Like, those outfits were to die for, like, very glam. So, uh, like I said before, it's set in the 1950s, so there's lots of just gorgeous outfits left, right, and center. Um, in fact, two out of three of the movies that I'm going to review in this in this section um, have amazing outfits, and so that was pretty great. I really enjoyed that. So lots of uh, visual fashion porn for you there, for those ladies who like some vintage fashion. Um, Which it was the character had trained in Paris mm. to be a fashion person, so cutting edge of fashion, skilled with a sewing machine. Oh yeah, still comes back to this rural town. To well, it's the same reason why anyone who's successful always goes to their high school reunion. You got to rub it in everyone's face. But she wasn't there to rub it in anyone's face. Well, she, she was. Also. Everyone was all like, 
you're a whore. And I was like, that's mean. Why'd you come back for this? Yeah, well. <laughs> Everyone's horrible to you. Let's just say she ends up winning in the end there. So, um, yeah, I know. I mean, there's a lot that I did like about it, but it just didn't really bring... You could say it wasn't stitched together right. You could say that, mm. but do you want to rethink it? No. All right. It was a sewing pun. I know. I, I thought you wanted to wind back, back that you said a sewing pun. Mm, I was hoping people just pick up on it. Anyway, do you have any other comments about the dressmaker? No, you're a real stitch up. <laughs> Something about thimbles, buttons. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was decent. It was yeah. It took a real 90 degree turn in the middle and I'm like oh what's this movie about um if you label it as a revenge movie you know those that weird part of your brain that loves stupid over the top revenge mm-hmm. like anyone who watches Banshee yeah the ultimate revenge show um mm-hmm. this was like that pretty cool ending but um yeah yeah the very end was pretty satisfying I've got to say and a lot of just the like the cinematography some of those shots were just mwah, beautiful and it's funny how people compare it to like a Clint Eastwood m- movie because um, just keeping it vague, there's like uh, Clint Eastwood had all the one-liners, mm. and so there's this movie, and it's like I'm taking out the trash. <laughs> sort of thing. And I was like, sounds like he just murdered a bunch of people, but that wasn't what the movie was about. You never met the rubbish, he <laughs> <Yeah>. said. <laughs> That's what it was. Uh... There's something really grating about hearing Australian accents in movies. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Especially you imitating them. Yeah. But I will say that um, Kate Winslet did a very good Australian accent. That was pretty pretty spot on. So impressive. she's British? She is British. Right. And, um, yeah, surprisingly very good accent for, for the role. And and I think she did a great job of, of being a lead. Like, she, she nailed the, the role really well. Uh, I don't... Agree. You don't agree? Uh, actually, no. She played her role well. It was more her role didn't make sense to me. Mm. Well, that I think that sort of ties into the whole the movie trying to be five different movies at once. Yeah, but decent Australian movie. Mm. If you, you need your Hugo fix <laughs> and your local blockbuster is closed so you can't get The Matrix. Mm. <laughs> what other movies have you watched for me, Anne? So, um, another movie that also has Hugo Weaving in it is uh, Jasper Jones from 2017. He was in that one too. He was in that one too. <laughs> as was Shane Jacobson, a.k.a. Kenny. <laughs> I haven't actually seen Kenny. Just, you know, confession. Yeah, look on the DL. I haven't either. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. I, mean, um, I feel us reviewing Australian movies was a bit folly. I would like to do more because um, also, like, terrible omission on my part. I haven't seen Priscilla Queen of the Desert, so... That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to see that. I would like to do later an Australian classic segment and go over some, like, old ones. So we could do Priscilla, we can do Muriel's Wedding, we can do Mad Max. OG Mad Max. (laughs) (laughs) OG's a hard watch. Mm. Road Warrior's good. Well, on that note... um, the, when the dressmaker came out, that was the same year as Mad Max. So um, the actor awards that year, so the Australian like Academy Awards, basically, mm. um, that was split down the middle between the dressmaker and Mad Max. So there you go. So does the recent remake of Mad Max that that counts as an Australian movie? Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Why am I talking about that? That was the best movie I've seen in ages. Yeah, well, I don't know. I I gave you the option to talk about Australian movies. It didn't come up on my list. I 
did a quick flick through mm-hmm. and couldn't find any movies. Well, there was a lot of American people in it. So actually, it no, I did TV. I actually didn't look into movies. Oh. I have nothing. You're terrible at this job. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah, thing I've, nobody's I've, paying you for this. I've missed. <laughs> but Mad Max was amazing. All right, well, let's talk about that. Go on. Tell me about it. Oh, it was years ago. <laughs> it was four years ago. Yeah. Four years? Um... It's on my list on Netflix. You've to been watch begging again. for a rewatch for ages. You won't let me. Oh, it's so long. Like it was good, but it was so long. Was it long? Yeah. Didn't they re-release it like immediately in black and white as well? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little obnoxious, but I also it kind of like it. It is a bit obnoxious, but I thought, <laughs> oh, it's all in the desert. Though. Well, they did the same thing with Logan. It's a, a current trend at the moment. Logan in black and white. Mm. I could get behind that. That was on the plane. I nearly rewatched it. Oh, there you go. I watched The Hobbit instead. Yeah. Sorry. But tell me about Mad Max. I have nothing to tell you about it. It was great. I loved it. Okay. Was there anything uh, uh, particular you liked about it? Come on, let's get reviewing. What did you like about Mad Max? Oh, I hate that guy who's in things. Who was the actor? I can't remember. He was Venom. Hardy. Oh, right. I hate Hardy. <laughs> I don't know why. Yet you still loved the movie. Yeah. Because it wasn't about him. Well, yeah. He was just true. there. It was about Theron. Yeah. She was the rock star in that. There were some movie. badass women in that movie. That's what I really liked about it. Yeah. And they weren't like prissy women either. They were just people being badasses. Yeah, Theron. Yeah, it was Loved amazing. It. But yeah, I have no like insight into it. Yeah. I mean, if if you're on the vents about Mad Max, I'll, I'll throw my vote in. Watch it. Like <laughs> quality review by T. But you're maybe onto something with the classics because um. I was quite fond of Strictly Ballroom oh, as a kid. Yeah. I, it was my English project. Mm. Um, you know, in high school, we had to watch a movie and talk about themes. I don't remember. But ours was Strictly Ballroom, and ever since, I've had a soft spot for Cindy Lauper. Oh, well, there you go. Is that where that comes from? That's where it started, yes. That oh, would have been the first place I heard a Cindy Lauper song. Oh, that blows my mind that that's the first time you would have heard a Cindy Lauper song. In 90... What year was it? 97? Mm. 98? I don't know. 99? 2000? No I don't know. What does Baz Luhrmann do? Is he Romeo and Juliet? You can't really count that as a screen movie, though. No. Well, he's done he's done a lot, and I would like to go through all those uh, another time. What we won't talk about is Australia by Baz Luhrmann. Well, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I hear it's a shit show. Yeah, that's probably why I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we will do Australian classics in another podcast. If there are any particular Australia classics you would like us to review, please no, tell let's us. let's not. Let's just list them and move on. There was the dish no, from Muriel's no, Wedding. No, 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 You forgot Priscilla. Priscilla. You, well, you haven't seen it. You don't know it's a classic. Well, I know on paper it is. I learned so many words for the gay community from that movie. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. I'm glad. I'm like, is this, are these bad words? What, what am I hearing? No. Bunch of guys in dresses on a bus calling each other weird words that I didn't know as a preteen. I'm sure it was very educational for you. Yeah. Um, so, but no, I, I would like to do a segment on some Aussie classics another time. So that'd be fun, a fun project, like a weekend of like mostly terrible Australian movies. Um, now, back to the more modern movies that uh, I was talking about before. So the I started to talk about when we got derailed. So Jasper Jones, 2017... Australian movie directed by uh, Rachel Perkins, who also directed Brand New Day, if you've seen that. Um, it stars... I have seen that. Oh, there you go. Jeffrey Rush. He's Australian. He is Australian. Um, he wasn't in this movie. <laughs> oh, was, but Kenny was. But Kenny yeah. was. Yeah. 
Um, so it's directed by Rachel Perkins, who did Brand New Day, and it stars Levi Miller, Kevin Long, Tony Collette, and Aaron L. McGrath and Hugo Weaving. So it is based on the book of the same name by Craig Sylvie. Um, so that's two or three. three. All three of these movies are based on books that I have seen and reviewed. Um, now, this movie is uh, set in Western Australia in 1969. So again, we're going back in time here. Also, like, kind of real and remote. What about 1969? Yeah. Which was the dish, because it was the moon landing. So are these in the same universe? Um, this is a crossover? I don't think so. Like, meanwhile, Sam Neill's having a rubbish day with with a dish. <laughs> Sorry, well, go look, on. I mean, maybe. Um, go on. But also unlikely. So the general gist of the story is, uh, yeah, kind of like a real yeah, country, country WA, you know, set in a fictional town. It's like a coming-of-age story, but also a murder-suspense story. Uh, what I liked about this is it gets straight to the point. Within the first maybe 10 minutes, you, you're straight into the plot. You're in. You're like, oh, shit, what's going on? Um, I like that it just opened with these two like young teenage boys talking about superheroes and debating what makes a superhero or not. And um, and the the sidekick character um, to to the main, main guy is really funny. He's, I think... I'm not too sure um, which country exactly, but he's like a, an Asian immigrant and he just says really funny lines all the time and always comes up with these really bizarre hypotheticals like, would you rather have a magnetic head or have farts come out your mouth? <laughs> it's like, huh, interesting. Anyway, so it's this really funny character who just says all this weird shit all the time. Oh, well, let me, let me think. Mm. So... The magnetic heads are inconvenienced because you'd, you'd get stuck to things all the time. Well, I imagine so. Whereas farting out your mouth is, like, gross. Mm. I will think on this. Okay. Well, Continue. You keep me posted. Anyway, so here's a few of those hypotheticals. Anyway, he's just a really enduring, funny character who's, you know, just there for some comic relief and he's in and out. Um, and so the, the general plot of the show is um, there's this kid and in the middle of the night, um, the local... Um, Aboriginal boy knocks on his window and goes, hey, mate, I need your help. You're an outcast like me. That's why I need your help. Come help me. And uh, they find this dead girl and pretty much the the, the Aboriginal boy, I can't remember his name. I can't remember anyone's names in this movie. But um, he's like, you know, because she's here, everyone's going to blame me. Everyone always blames me for everything that goes wrong in this town. You've got to help me. And so this movie has um, a whole bunch of themes around... Racism, uh, particularly in in the country areas, and so it's not just racism against the Aboriginal community and Aboriginal um, children, but also against the Asian immigrant family. So there's a few incidences of racism against them, and so it shows this really diverse and shitty attitude that Australians have had towards uh, both first people and immigrants that have come to this country. Something I would like to say has changed, but realistically hasn't. So um, it really does a good job of exploring those themes and embedding them in the subtext, but also blatantly in the plots of this movie. Like, you know, the whole driving plot is that this Aboriginal boy is like, oh my God, there's this dead girl near where I live. No one's going to think I did it because I'm the Aboriginal kid. Um, now, it's a really great story because while they're trying to sort of work out, you know, the, the whodunit of this murder mystery, the main character's also, like, trying to ask out a girl and having girl dramas. And so it's this really, like juxtaposition of 
you know, trivial teenage stuff versus trying to find a murderer. <laughs> and so it does that really well. Um, also, I will say that it has the most exciting cricket game I've ever seen in my entire life. In <laughs> Really? Yeah. Well, More exciting than the one they play on the dish? Probably. All right. I haven't seen all of the dish. <laughs> why, why did you want to make this Australian segment? You haven't seen any of the movies. This is why I said I'm talking about these three movies. <laughs> Older movies are for another segment. That's for a different time. I'm talking about uh, contemporary Australian boycott movies. <laughs> So, um, look, I know I'm very, like I said, I told you, I'm very behind on Australian movies. It's just not something I'm usually into. Uh, but this movie, Jasper Jones, um, fantastic. So it's got some good twists. Uh, and unfortunately, like all Aussie dramas, there's a lot of tragedy in it. So um, not so much tragedy that I wouldn't watch it again. Um, but it's definitely a good one. And I would say it's a th- my favorite of the three movies that I'm reviewing today. So definitely see uh, Jasper Jones. It's got some great um, acting in it by you know some some up and coming young actors, including um, the Aboriginal actor that we've got there, and a great performance by Tony Collette and uh, Hugo Weaving. Oh, Tony Collette, well. she's Australian. Yes, Hereditary. She is. Yep. Does that count as Australian? No. Damn it. That's just an Australian actress. It's, it's funny. Um, you mention all these movies, and it's very Australian to be like bummers. And I'm like, why aren't there? Um, chill Australian movies, you know, mm. like your teen comedies and stuff. And then just in my, just popped in my head, Blurred. Did you see Blurred? I don't think I did see Blurred. So Blurred was about Schoolies Week. Oh, right. And it came out in oh, 03, months before. How my, timely for you. Yeah, my cohort went to Schoolies. Right. So all my mates who were going, it was a group of like 20 of us, mm-hmm. went to see Blurred at the movies. And, you know, it's about drinking and going to schoolies and antics follow... But it was a real bummer because it kind of ended with all the friends splitting up and all the couples Aww. breaking up. And it was a real bummer. And with the oh, cool, an Aussie movie where, you know, it's just chill party, you know, teen movie. And they still made it a bummer. <laughs> like, yeah, movie about schoolies where everyone becomes not friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it. For a country of alleged larrikins, we sure are a depressing lot when it comes Garage to filmmaking. Days. Well, I want to talk about that later. I'm not <sighs> up to talking about Garage Days. You've How got many movies wait. have you got? I told you, I've got three movies, and then we're going to talk about the nostalgia movies in which I'll be talking about Garage Days and other movies. Right. Okay. Because that also ends depressingly. I'm aware, and we'll talk about it soon. <laughs> Go on. Thank you for letting me talk. So, um, don't do this at me. <laughs> T's giving me the wind-up, but he's the one who keeps interrupting my stories. Anyway. I'm now going to talk about the last movie that I've got to review, which is a short review you'll be very pleased about. Is it Muriel's Wedding? No. You have no concept. Don't make pouty faces at me. Is it Chopper? No. Contemporary Australian movies, T. Do you remember Chopper? Eric Banner was in that. He was great. The patience is wearing very thin with you today. Ladies in Black. 2018. So let me get through this last review and we can talk about as many old movies as you want. I was excited when you mentioned the title of that. Then I realized it wasn't Men in Black. <laughs> I thought that could be a strain because the new one's got a Hemsworth in it. I guess. <laughs> Thor. Anyway, I already talked about a Hemsworth today. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> so I saw Ladies in Black. 
a Sony movie from 2018. So it came out a couple months ago. Um, it's an alleged comedy directed by... We're <laughs> <laughs> after <laughs> Directed by Bruce Beresford, based on um, the book Women in Black by Madeline St. John. And stars um, Angry Rice. Well, I'm not sure if I'm saying that name correctly. Rachel Taylor, you may recognize as Trish Walker from Jessica Jones on Netflix. As well as Julia Ormond, Ryan Core, and, you guessed it, Shane Jacobson, a.k.a. your mate Kenny. <laughs> I haven't seen Kenny. Uh, it's, it's really, um, again, another lovely visual time piece. Uh, it's based on, um, it's based on, like, David Jones in The City. Like, the retailer. The retailer, David Jones. Right. The department store, David Jones, I should say. Uh, it's set in 1959, so, um, ten years before our previous film. Um, and it's very much about, you know, like, what life is like in a high-end department store in the middle of Sydney City. They raggle on in Melbourne a lot, so it's good to see not much has changed there. Um, and it's very similar in tone to the very old show, Are You Being Served?, which is a British show from the 70s and 80s, something your parents probably watched. So similar to that kind of thing. Um, and the, the story follows the women who work there and how they grow into their into their futures. Like, this is what they're doing now, but they're trying to sort of, you know, grow into other parts of their life. Um, now, look, I've, I honestly found it to be a little bit boring. It's a movie that um, that your grandmother would love because it would just bring back a lot of fond memories, I'm sure. But, you know, it's got the whole thing about, you know, everyone treks into the city at Christmas time to see the, you know, the Christmas set up in the David Jones store and all that kind of thing. So it it's really rings of a time when, um, you know, going into big department stores into the city was quite a, you know, middle to high class thing to do. In their David Jones section, they've got, um, you know, like the gowns, which are, you know, 120 pounds or whatever it was, pounds, dollars, whatever it was back then. I know they used some weird word I didn't quite understand for money. Uh, but the the whole show does have this... quid? No, it wasn't quid. Oh. I know what quid is. How dumb do you think I am? Well, we can say that for another podcast. Oh, you're being very patronizing today. Um, now the, the whole movie has this kind of subtext of classism in Sydney, as well as a lot of, um, like kind of racist undertones towards immigrants, uh, things like that. They keep talking about the continentals, um, which is... You mean the orientals? No, they said the continentals, oh. not the orientals. I'm talking about the continentals. What's a continental? It's uh, like all the, the European immigrants that were coming oh. in. Oh. Um... And so what was really unusual is at the end of the movie, and this doesn't give anything away, but one of the, the lifers at, uh, at this department store, you know, talks about how, oh, you know, the Christmas season is over and, you know, these girls are moving on. This one's doing this, this one's doing this, this one's doing this, and we'll get a whole new bunch of women in here soon. And it gave this whole air of how the department store was like a safe place for these women to grow into their lives but I didn't really get the sense that that was the theme the whole way through the movie. And I don't know if it's just maybe something I missed on a first watch. But when, when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, that would have been really nice to see that teased out or be a bit more obvious throughout the film. Because then I, I would have really quite liked a lot about this movie. Um, so, you know, there's like a young girl who's, you know, hoping to get into university. Someone who's trying to get married, blah, blah, blah. Things like that. So, um, so it's a shame that that theme wasn't a bit more, um, you know, sustainable throughout the whole thing because it would have been pretty decent so i would probably say that was my least favorite of the three recent australian movies that i have seen so if i had to pick one 
for people to go out there and watch. I would say definitely watch Jasper Jones. It it cuts into the plot straight away. It's kind of funny. Um, it's got a really sort of suspenseful, great story. It's got um, you know some great up and coming actors in it. Go watch Jasper Jones of those three movies. And if you like good outfits, maybe give the other two a go as well. Maybe it's like say you work at a fast food retailer, mm. you manage one in mm. your forties. And kids come and go all the time. Mm. You'd probably want to invent some significance to that role because all the kids go on to do other things, and you're oh, a, for sure. a Macca's lifer or whatever. Well, and that's sort of what. Um, but you know, like Lady Ladies in Black, it's very much this air of sophistication. Like everyone is dressed up to go to work. Like it very much reminded me visually of uh, when you watch, um, you know, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel because she works at the makeup counter in a department store, and she's going to be very well dressed. And there's these. You know, women's locker rooms, and it's all you know. There's a there's a pianist there who's playing you know music and stuff. Like it's very fancy. There's doormans and everything. You know, um, yeah. So it's, it's a shame that that theme didn't carry through. But anyway, that brings me to a close of my uh, recent-ish good or um, acclaimed Australian films. So get out there and see some of those. There's a few more I did want to see. I didn't really want to watch Sweet Country on the weekend, which. Um, have a guess who's in that movie. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch. No. He's in everything. No. It's an Australian movie. I'm talking about Australian movies still. Remember, this is an Australian episode of the podcast. Hugo Weaving. Yes. Hugo <laughs> Weaving is also in that movie, <laughs> Sweet Country, uh, which has, uh, it's a lot more about uh, Indigenous culture and some Indigenous people getting into trouble in a local community there. And that looked like a great story. It was on, I think, NITV on the weekend. But it is also an SBS On Demand. So if you've seen it, let me know. Is it decent? I'll review it. We'll have a look. Very keen to see some more good quality Australian TV and movies. So please send us your recommendations. Uh, now, back to your segment that you've been dying to talk about. Australian nostalgia for TV and movies. You keep trying to derail any conversation we've had all episode. What is it you want to talk about, T? Ah, oh, nothing. What do you mean? You like keep old trying stuff. to bring up old stuff all the time. I'm just trying to think of any Australian stuff. No, I'm very, very, very clear. This was for contemporary Australian things because everyone knows all the old stuff. But let's talk about the old stuff that we did like. All right, so... You talked about Blurred before and how that bummed you out. Yeah. So, looking at every video game, TV show, or movie to come out of Australia, and I've decided the best one is um, The Ferals. Okay. Uh, ABC, 94, 95, two seasons. Kid show. Mm-hmm. Some were puppets, some were adults. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Now you can tell it was successful because they had six spin-offs. Did they? Have, I thought there was just one spin-off. So there was. They initially spun off into Feral TV, which yes. is like a five-minute, you know, between I didn't really show like thing. Feral TV very much. No, they it was the humans to bounce off. Yeah, but then so they had the that was all only puppets. Mm. But then all the puppets went their separate ways and started hosting other shows. I was not aware of this. Like, all of them. So, like, Mixie, to this day, hosts kid shows on ABC TV. Actually, I have seen that. Yeah. And there was, what was it? So there's ABC Kids. Mm-hmm. There's Numbers Count. Yeah. Which Radis and Medigliana host. Fantastic. There's Creature is still, Features. Is that still currently running? I don't know. Oh. Probably not all of these. No. Oh. There's Creature Features. Mm-hmm. And other stuff. And so the puppets... They're not like as if they're 
their own actors are all going off <laughs> into different directions. Well, and, good for them. Yeah, but it's like, they're puppets. I thought they'd all be together. Like, are the actors who control the puppets, are they having a falling out and going different directions? You'd think they'd make more money as a unit. Like, hey, come to this, the purple wiggles here. Like, what? Well, look, if Hugo Weaving and Tony Collette can split up sometimes for movies, I guess puppets can too. So, and I was delighted to find out that two years ago, someone started a Ferrell's podcast. Really? Yeah. So they made one for every episode. Who are they and can we do some kind of crossover with them? I only found them like three hours ago. Can you email them? I've already subscribed and downloaded them. But what's brilliant, it's like, it's a 20 minute afternoon show and each episode's like 90 minutes. That's amazing. So they spend 90 minutes talking about each episode. I want them on this podcast. I know. I'm going to listen to this podcast, but first I have to rewatch it because I haven't seen it in a while. Um, It's hard. It's on YouTube, I think. Mm. You can watch all the old episodes. So I'm going to do that and then listen to this podcast. Yeah. and Because this is a lot of analysis for a kid's TV show. I know. I, I, no, I'm not even joking. Like, I want them on this show. Like, we will guest uh, the people who run this. Because they, they've got to be, like, not too far away, right? <laughs> oh, I, I don't think they're from the Netherlands or anything. <laughs> but, but if they were. So, the Ferals podcast. Get on it if you want to know more about... I haven't listened to one yet. I, I hope it's just a discussion <laughs> of 90 minutes of the episode content. But it might be people involved who actually knew what was going on. Which means they might be able to answer our question about why the, the Frowls don't hang out anymore. Hold up. If there are people that are actually involved, could we get Medicliana on our on our podcast? I'll, I'll look into it. Because, like, not even joking, she was one of my very first fashion icons growing <laughs> up. And that's why I still wear purple eyeshadow. <laughs> I, I jumped on the wiki page and I had... um. It was a bit of sass. It was like, while none of the human actors had a (laughs) career, (laughs) all the the puppets are all still got hosting gigs. Savage. Uh, But, um... Well, I mean, they do. Yeah, so... Can't argue with the facts. And uh, it was amazing because kids' TV was so polished and wholesome. Mm. And the Ferals wasn't. That's That's why they were so great. Like, the Ferals was... Always sunny in Philadelphia with puppets. <laughs> Just yeah. they're always working a hustle, always trying to scam someone. Yeah. Always, you know. They were dirty. They were dirty. They were gross. They the stole ra- stuff. Yeah. And they were thieves. And there was just, there were squatters. It was just, it was so different to anything else you watched on TV <laughs> at the time. It got, it gave me a taste for irreverent TV, which got me into cartoons, I guess. It was like all of... Agro's distant cousins who lived in Mount Druitt. That's what the Ferals were. <laughs> That's exactly what they were. I actually think they were, they were Queenslanders. Probably. They just had a Queenslander vibe. <laughs> and they had the the Bogan, the Dubbo duo. The Bogan... What, anyway, there was the Koala. Keith the Koala. Oh, I forgot and about them. someone, yeah. the Kangaroo. And they were Bogans and they got picked on by the Ferals. But um, the Bogans, they thought, oh, no, where where. Australian animals, we're special. <laughs> like, you know, we outrank you. And it was this whole pseudo class warfare, nationalism versus, like, SES. It was a whole thing. Now it's that I think about it. It's to see why these uh, feral podcast episodes are 90 minutes. Yeah, and just talking it out now, I'm like, there's a lot to cover. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, let's go rewatch those. Yeah, it's uh, it's right. going to be good times. And then YouTube. we're going to get in touch with these feral, feral podcasters and uh, yeah. get them on the show. 
Or at least talk to them. They sound like good people. If you had, so you'd want Medigliana. I think so. She sounds like a Bulgarian opera singer. <laughs> I guess. Well, she becomes a country star in one episode and has to rebrand because Medigliana is a ridiculous name for a country star. <laughs> so she changed. I think it was like Kitty Lang or Kitty Lang. Yeah, I think it was like a Katie Lang joke. Just <sighs> gets better and better. Ah, uh, fantastic! All right, so that's your um, nostalgia TV. Yeah, and I stand by it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you should. don't at me. No, at me. Tell me about the Ferals. It was great. Well, yeah. I mean, it's quality TV. Uh, what else was some old? So you said mentioned Blood. Now you mentioned it before. Uh, let's chat Garage Days because that is one of my favorite Australian movies of all time, which isn't that difficult to list a top. But <laughs> let's be real. It started with a spider bait song, so I was sold. Excellent. Yeah. Um, also, I'm in it. Oh, really? Yes. They yeah. filmed the the final scenes of that movie was filmed mm. at Homebake, which oh, is yeah. the Australian music festival. Was. And I was, yeah. And I was in the crowd for it. Now, if you, well, firstly, tell me about Garage Days. Why, why do you like it? Uh, I just liked it because it was just young people dicking around in Sydney and it was, and I just really liked that I could relate because I was of a similar age at the time when I saw it. I liked that they carried around a rock melon with a face. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird design choice. That was weird, but I thought it was great. I just, I know, I just really enjoyed it. It had um, a lot of heavy themes, but was still just really funny. Plus, it had a great soundtrack, mm, mm. and that's why I liked it. I do need to give it a rewatch because it has been some time since I've seen it, but it was one of my favorites. So it's about a band who want to make it big, and their whole plan is to bust onto the stage at Homebake. And belt out a song. Mm. Now, I was in the crowd when they were filming that, and um, they had to hype up the crowd to be like, woo, this band, for the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, where your average Australian a crowd who's been sitting in the sun all day, mm. they brought out Paulie from um, Fat Pizza. Yeah. Oh, another great Australian TV show, Fat Pizza. Anyway. Fun fact, I was nearly in Fat Pizza, ah. because uh, I, I knew someone who may have been able to get me into the show... Um, didn't realize that I could utilize that sweet hookup until the opportunity had passed. Really annoyed about it now because I totally could have been that person. Yeah, Fat Pizza would beat Garage Days, so you'd win that. Yeah. But, um, so they bust out, play the song. They brought out Paulie to hype up the crowd, like, get excited. Um, and everyone's not. And like, oh, who's excited for Body Jar? I'm like, yeah, Body Jar's next. That's, <laughs> woo. But they came out, did the scene, did the song, but the crowd was pretty meh. And then in the movie, they're like, ah, oh, and we sucked, and the crowd wasn't into it, and oh well, but we had our moment, sort of thing. And I'm like, it felt like a shift in that they changed the ending of the movie. Mm. Like, the crowd was meant to be excited, and it was meant to be, like, the start of the band becoming a big band. But, because we were all like, it's hot, meh. <laughs> like, they changed the ending of the movie to, like, we sucked. The end! So Aww. another Australian movie takes a bummer of an ending. Always. Always. Speaking of, another one which was similar in vibes was He Died with a Falafel in His Hand. Was now, about... I know nothing about this movie except that I saw the title of it once on, on Foxtel and thought it was a typo because no. it just didn't seem right. So it's about living in share houses and they're all poor and depressed, and but they have antics. But then at the end, a guy dies with a falafel in his hand. Another stellar Australian ending of a movie. Yeah. Uh, if anyone can think of just some pure happiness of an Australian movie, please let us know, because we sure as shit can't think of any. Well... Another slight bummer of a movie, but in, in hindsight, pretty happy in the scheme of movies we've discussed today, is uh, one of my favourites, which is Takeaway, 
Um, now, I studied this for English Extension 3, humble brag. And I did, yes. Uh, By my own choice, we had to pick our own Ah. movie to talk about for the concept of globalization. And I picked that because the whole uh, thing is that, you know, they're like a, you know, family run uh, takeaway shop and they're getting overrun by what's basically Maccas, but they can't say Maccas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, globalization themes ensue. They try to take it down. Burger Jacks. I can't remember what it was called. Something ridiculous. Um, and yeah, it was one of my, it was actually one of my favorite movies, not even favorite Australian movies, just straight up favorite movies, but I did watch it to death cause I had to pick it apart for English extension. So, uh, that was unfortunate, but a hilarious movie, which, um, I do recommend going back and watching and another Australian movie, which I love. And that one had a happy, happier ending. Like they won. Um, I, I honestly can't remember <laughs> if they did. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going through the classics. I'm like. Muriel's Wedding, not really a happy ending. The Castle, a happy ending after a lot of shittiness. Mm. The Dish, positive, but not great ending. Like, what's wrong with Australian movies? The Wog Boy had a pretty happy ending. Yeah, but if you count Wog Boy 2 as the (laughs) sequel, then it wasn't a good ending. We don't have to talk about that one. But I really love The Wog Boy. Like, it's a a pretty great movie. Also, maybe that discusses immigration. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, actually, that, that movie was quite insightful in the class warfare. Like yeah. his speech to this day was quite impactful. Where everyone's like, "Oh, look at this doll bludger," and then mm. they actually talk to him. And like, you know, he has that very passionate speech. Like, no, this sucks. Like, mm. we don't want to be this. You know, you can't be mad at us for enjoying our life while our rest of our life sucks. Mm. Quite a good message, actually. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed The Walk Boy. And uh, what are some other older Australian movies? Uh, I didn't like the... Again, another unpopular opinion. Did not like The Castle. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, you know, just, I didn't... They were wholesome Bergens. That's not not one for my pool room. I mean, I say. The, the family, like, the brother's in jail, and you're like, mm. oh, this is a happy ending. I'm like, yeah, but they're a victim of low SES. They're all, you know, what, their house is crap, they're... They're, you know, not not living the life. Mm. Although, speaking of um, movies of, of lower SES, another show that we did start to watch a while ago, which was good, and I do want to keep watching it, is Upper Middle Bogan. That was oh, pretty yeah. decent. That, that was a bit cringy for me. Oh, was it? The the Bogan half of the family was a bit too cringy, mm-hmm. which is a shame because, um, you know, Russell Coit, what's that actor called? Oh, I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but I know who But, um, about. he's good. I quite like him, because, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, the whole Bogan side of the family was a bit stereotypical and cringy for me. No, I didn't mind it. I quite liked it. Uh, I think we only watched maybe six or seven episodes, but it's got a couple of seasons, so, uh, that's something that I would like to watch more of at some point, so that's another more recent Australian TV show. Um, uh, any other Aussie uh, classics you want to touch on before we wrap it up? It's Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Mm, you said you hadn't watched that. No. Um, anyway, find me good Australian movies. Don't say Wolf Creek. Yeah, I'm oh, not, not going to watch Wolf Creek. We yeah, we didn't talk about Wolf Creek the movie or the show because I have seen Wolf Creek and it was very scary and I didn't like it because I don't like scary movies. So in, in terms of an Australian movie being a horror movie, like it was pretty good, but goddamn terrifying. And I don't have much interest in pursuing sequels or the TV show. <laughs> it would be a whole other. Avenue, but we can talk about Australians abroad because that 
bit we're crushing Australian oh, actors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we have some great exports in terms of yeah, actors. Yeah, we've, we've got the exports, and it's a shame all our best actors have to leave. Yeah. To get the big roles. Well, that's there's just no money in Australian yeah. TV and film. Like, who has more money in their pocket? Like Hugo Weaving, who does an Australian movie every three months, or anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hemsworth still manages to live here. Chris, I mean. That's true. Hemsworth still lives that's here. true. He in Byron, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so if you want to go and see an Avenger, head on up to Byron. See if you can see him at the local gelato shop. Incidentally, great gelato shop. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So please tell us, as we wrap up um, for this Australia Day on our Australian special of TV, movies, and video games... We're sorry it's not very good. Yeah, sorry it's all a bit of a bummer, just like (laughs) Australian TV themes, (laughs) or movie themes, I should say. But if you've got some recommendations, if you've got some favourites, tell us. I'll thought of one more. Oh, yes, what? There's a movie called I Love You Too. It's Australian. Yvonne Strovsky's in it. Yeah. But Peter Dinklage is in it. Yeah. And Peter Helly is in that too, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. And it's like a comedy, a strain comedy for all of it, but Peter Dinklage has this really dramatic component to the movie. Oh right. And he's amazing. Like obviously we know well, he's, he's a, always yeah, amazing. We know he's a good actor, but just it was so out of nowhere this tacky Australian comedy and then there's Peter Dinklage having real drama in his subplot. Oh, I did. I've seen that and it's, once. But it's I like amazing. It made the it. whole movie kind of good just because of Peter Dinklage's part. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So would you recommend seeing it? Yeah, just so people can understand what I'm talking about. Oh, good <laughs> I, I wouldn't say good movie, but like Peter Dinklage is good in it. Oh, yeah. It's great in everything. Two hands. Heath Ledger. Sorry. Yes. That's it. Okay. Two Hands is also good. I always have to think really carefully whenever I talk about Two Hands because I'm like, is it Idle Hands or Two Hands? They're two very different movies. No, it's Two Hands. I've not seen Idle Hands. I've seen Two Hands. Okay. I did watch Two Hands with you, I think, at some point. Oh, maybe not. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember if I enjoyed it or not. It was a bit weird. I could be thinking of Idle Hands. Also, not that happy an ending. Come on, Australia, make some happy movies. Come on. That's what I'm telling you. They tried. Like, oh, let's make a teen movie. And they made Blurred. And they ruined a schoolies movie. Yeah. Yeah. Please make some uplifting cinema. But you know what? It's because all we've got hope for is is for things like Sundance and shit. We we can never make other <laughs> so, big movies on their own merit. We've got to go for the got to go for the jugular and for the heart. I'm thinking, what's you know the slam dunk? Make the teen movie like American Pie, but it'd be like Australian Lamington. <laughs> Make a high school movie out of it. Aussie Pav. <laughs> Aussie Pav. New Zealanders um, would get upset about that. Oh, we take all their stuff anyway. <laughs> so, Australian Lamington coming to a cinema near you, and we'll have a relatively happy ending and antics. Oh, yeah, I'd probably watch it. As I've tried to say three times, if you've got any recommendations, or if you just want to tell us your favourite Australian uh, movies and TV shows. You and your stupid mate, Angus Sampson. Sorry, go on. Tweet us at goodpop underscore badpop. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash goodpop badpop podcast. Did you like you and your stupid mate? Please let us know. No one liked you and your stupid mate. Everyone just remembers him from the noodle ads. Your mum. Your mum loves it. (laughs) (laughs) and with that we will see you next episode for let's be real probably not any more Australian TV and movies for now until next time 
hit us with your favourites. Hit us with your recommendations. Thank you for listening to our Australian special of Good Cop, Bad Cop podcast. Cheers, Bubba. Did you like him, you stupid...